All right. Uh, did I hit record? Yeah. You ready to get started? Mm, just give me one second to pull up the show notes. All right. Son of a gun. I've been playing on my bookie, like the gambling site, and I've been up and down. I'm so I'm overall I'm up. But if you 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 don't try anything like that, you just do draft. Is as close as you go to gambling, right? Yeah, I was thinking about it. Get into it though. You can gamble in actual games. Yeah. How does yeah. how does that work with state laws? Because it's illegal in Maryland to gamble on games. Uh, I don't know how it works. It's mybookie.ag, and I put in you put in money. It's a, I see. I've noticed before that people complain because it's like a five dollar fee to withdraw your money, because it's got to go through like Western Union or someone to get your money when you take it out. I haven't taken any out yet. Um, I bet on, just for so I had a big week last week where I tripled my money, so I took some of that money and just for fun I put ten dollars on the Baltimore Orioles to win the World Series next year. Nice. You know how much you know how much I would win on a ten dollar bet. For no, the Orioles, ten thousand dollars, twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, they are whatever that is, twenty five thousand to one is their odds. I guess. Um, Ravens odds for the Super Bowl are pretty low. I put ten bucks on the Ravens to win the Super Bowl, and that only gets me fifty five bucks. But I've been playing with parlays and everything. Oh, that's actually not bad. Like if you put, you know. 500 bucks on them or something. Yeah. Make a pretty good return for the Ravens because I think they got to be close to the favorites now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but because of the favorites, their numbers are going down. So what I've been doing is I've been doing these parlays, which is where you can pick like three or four teams to win. And if they all win, so like I won 35 bucks yesterday because I picked the Ravens, the Raiders and like uh, two other teams to win. To straight up win or to, or to beat the spread? I, I go straight up win. I've gotten burned too much by the spread. So the the odds are different. Um, But yeah, check out my... You know what? This is now a commercial. We're going to put this at the top of the show. Check out mybookie.ag and use the right. promo code section 336. Is that a real promo code? That's a real promo code. Yeah, section 336. All right. So go ahead and use that and I believe they'll give you like 50% of your what you put in. So if you put in 100 bucks, they'll give you 150 Total. Right. Just got to figure out a way to do like this without Emily knowing about it. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Um, or you can check, click on the ads that will be on Section 336 once the new Section 336.com is up in a week or so. But uh, but yeah, for now, use the promo code my bookie. Section 336. Behind home plate, we bringing it to a more day. More day. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Bringing it to you always. always. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Now, here come the boys from Section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation Baltimore Sports Talk. I'm your endearingly stuttering host, and as always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sproka. Hey, I, I didn't even plan on bringing on uh, my bookie as an advertiser on 336 for at least another week or so. Didn't even talk to you about it, but it just seemed like the natural thing to just, hey, let's just make this an ad. 
All right, fine. Yeah. I mean, I'll try it. So, check it I, out. I, I don't lose enough money on DraftKings, I guess. Uh-huh. So let me find somewhere else to lose money. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I've been playing a few weeks now. I've had ups and downs. Right now, I'm up, but uh, I I do this stupid bet each week where I take like 12 teams and I parlay them all to win because you can put like three dollars down for like 12 teams to win and you'll win like three thousand dollars if they all win and you know normally you get like nine or something right is a good week but i'm like there's always that chance for three bucks that i could get 10 or 11 right and win it yeah so it's one of those things that it slowly eats away my money yeah well it's just another thing to do that yeah but i'll tell you what you feel good when you (laughs) the ravens are pretty solid i can trust putting my money on the ravens each week yeah, tell you what, they uh to 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 win and to beat the spread, they they crush the spread every week too. So it's not just that they win. Right. When they're favored to win, they they win by more than they're favored to. It seems like every time. Yep. Yeah. And so let's start there. Let's start at the top of the show. Uh, Bert's jump... not here. Right. Yeah. No Bert. Yeah. Who so needs our... him? Uh, we'll be fine. Good riddance. We we went for many years of our life without Bert. That's right. That's so, right. He was there continue. in the middle, then he left for a while, and then he came I, back, and now he's gone again. So he just he comes in and comes out. I think he was, yeah, he, he was there in the beginning, then he disappeared for a while, then he came back. Yeah. And yeah, so he'll do the same in this podcast. And now podcast. he's gone again. Yeah. Right. All right. One day he'll be back. You never know. Yeah. You know, he got Disney Plus. He's now a little distracted. I tell you what, didn't Disney take enough of Bert's money? Did he have to give them more money? I feel I feel like if you're the type of person like Bert that spends that much money on Disney, you should just get a little thing in the mail saying, hey, you have Disney Plus for free. Yeah. But you know what? On the other hand, I think the Orioles should be sending us some some notes like that, and we'll get to that later because that's not the email I got from the, from the Orioles today. Yeah, I think the Orioles are having a disastrous offseason. But we'll but we'll talk about that more. I think this is yeah. turning into a train wreck right, right before our eyes. <laughs> I really do. Uh huh. Right, bang on the trash can if it's true. I, I, I yeah, I, I do. I think this whole off season is turning into a train wreck for the Orioles, and the off season hasn't really even started. They've done nothing. And it's already a train wreck. I feel like. <laughs> right. But let's get to the, let's get to something fun. We'll get to that. So yeah. don't don't tune out just because we're going to talk Ravens. We're going to get to plenty of Oriole talk. But uh, let's talk to the Ravens and the fact that they won. 41 to 7 against the Texans. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, at, at what point do you believe in this team? After well, they, they, they beat the Seahawks, the Patriots, destroyed the Bengals, then destroy the uh, Texans? Yeah, well, I mean, it's one of those things where you could always say, like, well, when they destroyed the Bengals, it's the Bengals. When they destroyed the Dolphins, it's the Dolphins. Not, not to mention that just yesterday we saw the Bengals play the Raiders close. We saw... You know, the Dolphins hang in there against the Bills. So other teams aren't blowing these teams out. Right. But then when you bl- you you blow out a, a division-leading Texans team, who I guess aren't leading the division anymore, but they yeah. were leading the division, yeah, um, right. that's yeah. a bit different. When, when, right. When the other quarterbacks that are in the MVP conversation, you're beaten. And not and, just and that. not only are you beating them, but yeah, your quarterback is way overproducing them. And not only that, when after the game – um, the the opposing quarterback yes, yes. who's trying to win the MVP against you insists that you're the MVP. Takes the jer- takes his jersey off, signs Lamar Jackson's the MVP, and gives it to Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that, that's that, that's when you know things are going well. Yeah. Now, of course, of course, Lamar Jackson's got a little bit of that too, as in every quarterback he faces, 
he calls them the goat. Yeah. So he, yeah. he, he said Deshaun Watson was the goat. He said Tom Brady was the goat. He said, uh, uh, what's his name in Seattle was the goat. Yeah. Well, I think he really means it with Raymond, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, fine. And like him and Deshaun Watson, they, they play together college. Right. He was a little bit ahead of them. So you get that respect factor. Um, but, but yeah, and you even see it with Lamar Jackson on when he gets tackled, right? He does the old Andrew Luck, like, compliment people for, for hitting him. Like, he just, he, he's trying yeah, to have, like, good job. Yeah, yeah, like, good job. We'll pat people on the helmet. Like, it seems like he it's is one of the most likable guys out there for, yeah, on both sides. He is, like, the nicest guy out there. Like, his press conferences are always entertaining. They're never praising himself or what he's doing. He always wants to talk about other people and want to talk about uh, how the other people. Every week, it seems like there's a story on Thursday of Lamar saying, I want to get this guy his first touchdown. Yeah. And then that person gets a touchdown that week. Like, yeah, it was uh, that Seth field. Roberts this past week, yeah. Yeah, it was Seth Nick Roberts Boyle this before. week, Nick Boyle before. Like, on the field in the game, he is thinking about other people. And then the fact, I hope that Lamar never has to play in the fourth quarter ever again. Because I love his sideline antics in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's true. And you have and it like and that reciprocates itself, right? Like someone's really selfless. Other players are then selfless towards him. Like you heard, I think it was Mark Ingram, Ingram yes. talk, uh, talking about how they're trying to win him the MVP, how yes. they really want to go out there and get a good performance. Lamar Jackson get the MVP. So like Lamar Jackson would never say that, but other players say it about him just because he's so selfless. You just want to be yeah. selfless back to him, which is kind of cool to see. Yeah, Mark Ingram also had the best sideline reporter answer ever when the, when the reporter asked him about the game. And he said, sounds about, you get two tens, you split on 10, then you get an ace and an ace, 21. Blackjack. I didn't that, was hear that. that was his answer about winning the game. Yeah. I don't that, know what it means. I don't know what it means either. But I do know that Mark Ingram had, uh, what, a couple of touchdowns. I mean, that's been both. It seems like locker room presence, right, and yes. performance in the field, a great, 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 great addition by the Baltimore Ravens. And it's and it's so weird because Mark Ingram is suddenly like your prototypical Raven. He is. You talk about that whole play like a Raven, and we've talked before about how there's guys that like feel like they're Ravens, and like uh, was it Bolden who always talked about how one day he'd be a Raven because yeah. that was the team that like did things his way. But it's so weird to see Mark Ingram come in and like be part of this team and not be like the former saint. Like there's no saint left in him. He's a raven. Yeah, it feels like he's been here like five years, right? Yeah, his it's, first it's year. crazy. Yeah, it's true. Uh, it's funny how – and I guess credit to DaCosta for identifying someone who would fit not just the scheme. Everyone talks about fits the scheme, but like fit the locker room and fit the team. That veteran uh, presence. Yeah. Well, if you look at that offense, I was thinking about this when I was watching them destroy, absolutely pick apart the Houston Texans. Like, as far as weapons on offense, I mean, our biggest weapons on offense is a second-year tight end. We we don't have – I mean, I know we have Hollywood Brown, but he's not had huge games up in this point. He's kind of hit or miss. And outside of that, like, the only guy we're paying on offense is some offensive line pieces, like Yanda, and then we're paying a running back. But outside yeah. of that, it's a bunch of guys on rookie deals who have not proven anything. It's pretty cool what Lamar's doing with not big name guys. Yeah, no, it's exciting, and it's the other thing. Well, 
while we're talking Mark Ingram and this whole linebacker, uh, running back core, I mean, it was cool for uh, Gus to get that big long run. Yeah, got over 100 yards in the game. Yeah, that was cool to have his first 100 yard. But the fact that we're doing this pistol offense 45% of the time, and the next team as far as using the pistol is the Panthers that use it 5% of the time. Mm. So it's a completely different, like, the pistol, like, Mark Ingram didn't come from New Orleans running the pistol. That he had to adjust to that. Yeah. And and it's working. And then part of it is because our offensive line is doing an amazing job. On Sunday, they were just they weren't letting anyone through. Yeah. I saw a video on Twitter, I don't know if you saw this of Dwayne Haskins with the with the, with the Redskins, uh, with the Washington football team. And he and he was over there in the sideline. And there was the offensive line, and he was like, you could – the mic picking him up, and he was pleading. He was like, guys, what can I do? How can I help you? And, like, the whole offensive line was literally <laughs> staring out the opposite way of Dwayne Haskins, and no one was listening to a word Dwayne Haskins was saying. It was embarrassing to watch. And then you just think about the difference with Lamar Jackson, where, like, everyone is just drawn to him. Right. One of the reasons the offensive line is playing so well is, A, I guess, apparently – I don't know how this works – Apparently, fat dudes like to run block more than pass block. I guess it's a thing. So, anyway, so I think all the running the offensive line likes, and they just love their quarterback. Uh, yeah. So it's it's cool. I saw I saw Ray Lewis. I think he was joking about coming back to play yeah, football yeah, I saw that. because he's yeah. never played for a quarterback like this. We've we've had great seasons in Baltimore. We've never had a quarterback this good. We've never had a team where the offense and defense were both doing their part. It was always one side of the ball was dominant. And it yeah. was generally the defense. Yeah. And and we'll see. I mean, the pass rush, right, is still the thing. Um, but with <laughs> It getting, wasn't yesterday. It wasn't yesterday. And how much of that is Deshaun Watson sitting back there? How much of that is all our cornerbacks are now it's healthy? The, it's the fact that our secondary – is now not only doing amazing coverage-wise, but our secondary is coming up and rushing. Yeah. It's true. We saw Judon with a couple sacks. Bowser got one. Bowser got, I think he got two, actually. Yeah. Uh, Bowser, the past couple weeks, have been making some plays after doing nothing for years. Yeah, yeah. And we'll see if Ferguson continues to uh, develop as a pass rusher. So, yeah, I mean, there's... I believe there's... And the national media is getting it too, right? I was watching PTI today, and part and and PTI PTI is like the only show I watch those type shows. Yeah. And the 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 lead, right? This is Monday, so it's the whole football show, right? Monday's football show, it's the biggest show of the week. And their lead was the Baltimore Ravens demolishing the Houston Texans, talking about how good the Baltimore Ravens are. So this is like putting that number on the Houston Texans. Like, if you have crushed the Miami Dolphins, no one cares. You crushed the Houston Texans, and we're over halfway through the season. People are paying attention to to, yeah. to the bottom of the race. And I know we were paying attention to the <laughs> – sorry, I was distracted. Did you know Monday Night Football today is being played in Mexico? I did know that, yes. I, I didn't know that until I just saw. And the uh, beer vendors were, like, carrying things on their heads, and that distracted me for a moment. Uh, but the thing is, no one – like I get it, we destroyed the Texans, but a couple weeks ago we beat the Patriots, and in that victory, everyone's talking about the fact that we beat the Patriots. No one's talking about the fact that 
technically we kind of destroyed the, the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think that, I think that's true. Um and and we beat I mean the 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 Seahawks. Yeah. Right? All, all these one win teams who no one else can beat, we beat them. Yeah. Uh, and then we have I think an interesting matchup coming up next week when we when we travel to the West Coast to, to, to face the Rams. Um and then the 49ers. So we still got some tests, but Forty Niners are back in Baltimore though. Right. That's a home game, which is really good because this team really seems to thrive off the Baltimore crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's true. And it's just every time you turn on the Ravens, like I don't even know what left to talk about. Like it's just they always make exciting plays, both on the offensive side and the defensive side. Yeah. I, I heard John Harbaugh talking after the game <laughs> and he mentioned that 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 run where um Lamar Jackson like snuck out of a tackle, then right. broke another tackle. And then juked a couple guys. And physically, um, at, right, literally broke some guy's ankle. Yeah, some guy was laying on the ground afterwards, holding his ankle. And uh, John Harbaugh was like, "I even like that was one of the most uh, amazing runs I've seen." Um, except for the, the one week last before. week too. Like besides <laughs> right. the one last week too, like when they had the spin move. So right. it's like it's like it's literally every time Lamar Jackson does something that makes you stop and go, "Wow!" Every single game, it's kind of incredible. I was thinking about it too, um, comparing to Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Like if you if you're gonna if you're gonna literally break a dude's ankles by your jukes, <laughs> and it is like like it, it looks like I was just watching that play over and over again, and it was like I don't know. He should have been tackled Bo, like five times during that play. Been. It was like Bo Jackson in Tecmo Super Bowl, right? Just yes. running back and forth, and no one can catch him. It's a it's a video game character. Is the only way to explain the way he runs. It really is. Like we're talking about the best athletes in the world. And Lamar Jackson is, is just making them look silly. Yep. Um, and no one else does this, right? No one else does this because you can't do it. They're too good. There's too many of them. They're too fast, right? This is the fastest human beings on earth. And he's running by him and juking him. But I was thinking, like, he's so likable. And even when he gets hit, he pats the guy on the helmet. And I was thinking that's so important because he's out there embarrassing dudes. So if you're going to embarrass dudes, like, at least compliment the players when they finally get you. Because you know they probably hate playing against yeah. them. But, and I, I was making the comparison like Baker Mayfield, who's a jerk and no one likes. And thank goodness Baker Mayfield isn't embarrassing anybody because people would hate him even more, right? Just because his personality. Right. I think it's so interesting. We have two young quarterbacks, both a little bit mobile, both, you know, played for, uh, well, I guess, I mean, he played at Oklahoma. Louisville's not quite as big of a school, but like both big names coming out of college. And I think they're just completely different players, right? Lamar yeah. Jackson and, and Baker Mayfield. And right now, it looks like the Ravens uh, got the better of the quarterbacks. Yeah, and remember, Lamar was drafted well after. Wasn't Lamar like the last? He was the last pick draft in the first of round. the first round. Because I was reading, uh, I believe it was ESPN that had, had the article today. I was reading, and uh, or because they were talking with the Ravens and DaCosta and stuff this weekend, pregame and stuff. And DeCasa said how like they had all they had their eyes on Lamar the entire time. They wanted Lamar to the point that at the combine they didn't talk to Lamar or interview Lamar because they didn't want anyone to know that they were interested in Lamar. Which is like pretty cool that they saw something special in him and said, We want that guy to run our to manage our team. Yeah. 
Yep, and and Lamar said so much. Like when they asked him about, it, he's like, he said, "I'm thankful the Ravens took a chance on me as, as uh, yeah. and then gave me a chance to 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 be the quarterback." I mean, if you go back now, obviously Lamar Jackson would be the number one overall pick in that draft, right? Right. If you go back and do it, he's the number one overall pick, and there's no one even who comes in a close second. He but had a lot of people projecting to have be the fifth right. quarter best quarterback in that draft class. It's insane. It's because people were projecting for him to be a running back or a wide receiver. The, the other storyline that came out in that article was Marty Morningweg was, was trying to convince the Ravens to move him to wide receiver last year. And that's part, maybe part of why Marty is gone. Mm. I know. And there's like a lot of things you can't account for because it seems to me, I don't know this for a fact, it seems to me that there's not, a, uh, there's not a quarterback out there who works as hard as Lamar Jackson, right, to no. get better and, 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 and to improve. When was um, the last time you heard of a quarterback going and working with, on his own time, his own dime, working with quarterback coaches during the offseason to get better? Nacho like, Flacco. Yeah, Nacho Flacco. You'll hear about him working with wide receivers once in a while, which is like going in the backyard and throwing. Yeah. But he went and was determined to get better as a quarterback, and it shows. Well, I mean, look, and look how many times last year, the answer is a lot, did, did, he, did he fumble the ball? He never fumbles the ball yeah. anymore. He no. just he stopped doing it. Like he learned. Um, last year there was a lot of errant throws, right? He, he threw a lot, a lot of tur- turnovers, a lot of completely missing guys. Like it was the point after was it the San Diego game where I really struggled? The yeah, Kansas the City game time. too. The second time, yeah. Um, where people were saying after that game, like Lamar Jackson has been solved. Like Lamar Jackson yes. is is what he is. Like, that playoff game. Remember that playoff game there were fans in the stadium calling for Joe because it wasn't working with Lamar and there was no way we were coming back with Lamar. And just what, like nine game football games later, he's getting MVP chance. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now this team is pretty, again, it's as, as special as Lamar is, it's this entire team around him. It's the fact that the wide receivers don't complain about blocking. It's the fact that this defense has five new people since that Cleveland Browns game where the Ravens lost. Five new people who were not on the Ravens during that game. Plus, they've got uh, Lamar, uh, what is it, Brandon Williams, who wasn't there in that game, and then uh, was it Pierce? Or was it Pierce? I don't know. I thought it was Brandon Williams. And then plus, uh, what's his name in the the cornerbacks back? Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. Like, the defense is a completely different defense than those first few games of the season. Yeah, and every guy that DaCosta brings in, Marcus Peters is the most obvious example, but it seems like also on the the defensive line recently, and it seems like every guy DaCosta brings in is, like, the perfect fit. He brought in two guys, like, last Wednesday. And already played. And they played on Sunday and made an impact. And 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 the 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 Lyman Fort as well, who they signed to an extension, a two-year I extension. I love Fort. The Fort, uh, the linebacker. Was, Fort was just dumped by a team, and we just gave him an extension. Huge difference. Yep, yep. And so it seems like DaCosta is making all the right moves, and everything fits in this defense. Marcus Peters, I still don't understand what the Rams were doing um, by trading him for nothing, and then going after right. trading everything from Jalen Ramsey. I I don't get that at all. I'm sure he'll be pumped actually on Monday. I just thought about this, right? He'll be pumped. For, oh, for yeah. the Monday night game. Yeah, he's got to be. It'd be cool uh, to see him make a play. 
yeah, and it goes down to these coordinators, Greg Roman and uh, Wink on the defense. They're, they're just they're running these teams. They're running these players. They're making all the right moves. Like, there's going to be a lot of talk about uh, both Greg Roman and Don Martindale about getting them head in the head coach talk this offseason. There's got to be because of how they've turned these teams. But I hope that Steve Bashotti just opens up his pay, paycheck and so, uh, his checkbook and says, hey, we'll just make you the highest paid coordinators. Don't worry yeah. about being a head coach. This works. What you're doing, stay here because – this team is young. Like you were saying before, I think there's only one or two guys on the offense that are even like free agents in the next two years. Oh, there's only a few guys on the defense. There's some big decisions to make on the defense this offseason, but this team is set to be good for a few years. Especially the offense, yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And when you have a quarterback and your big receivers on rookie deals – you can spend money in other places like on the defense. So it, it provides a really kind of unique opportunity for you. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I think this offseason, Judon and Marcus Peters are free agents. Those are some big. And they'll have to make a decision about Jimmy Smith. Yeah. Jimmy Smith. So there's some big decisions for them to make. Marcus on the Peters. Side. Yeah. yeah. But on the offensive side, they're pretty set, which is cool. Yep. That is pretty cool. So, I mean, it's. I don't know. I mean, if you watch the Texas game, it's hard to imagine the Ravens ever losing. But <laughs> but surely they won't win every other game from now until Lamar Jackson leaves, <laughs> right? Like, they right. have to lose at some point. Yeah, but, but will, just, it, will it be this year? I don't know. I, it's hard to even imagine them. I mean, because it's hard to imagine Lamar Jackson having a bad game. I mean, he started off the game one for six and right. then went on a run where he completed, like, 13 straight passes. Yep. It's just – I don't know. But we see good teams lose – to mediocre teams and bad teams all the time. So, yeah, but like, possible, but we'll see. Yeah, I can't see the Ravens losing to the Rams. The 49ers are a really tough team, but I can't see them losing at home. Yeah. And then you got the inner division, and hey, the Steelers and the Steelers and Browns, thanks to that fight on Thursday night, have messed up their teams for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's true. That was unfortunate, but kind of good news for the Ravens. Uh, yeah, because even like if Lamar Jackson, which he, he doesn't seem to be having any of these, but like an off passing ga ga game, he can still beat you with his legs. Like right. that's going to be there every game. And then yep. you have a defense who's going to keep you in any games. So I guess, I mean, something we haven't really seen is if another team, like something happens, another team like returns a kick and scores a quick touchdown and they're up 14, nothing. Right. And. So we haven't seen the Ravens because they're just always in the lead. So it's like an unfair criticism. But people are well, saying, can we play from behind? But we, our, our, our whole team is, is built to get ahead early and then yeah, run over you. So offense, we never really experienced it. Yeah. Well, when you've got the offense that's starting to set records for scoring points on their first drive. Yeah. And you've got a defense who is setting records for not letting the opponent score on their first drive. Exactly. It's hard to fall behind. I and say yeah, one the of way – the way yeah. this team manages the clock and these long drives, it feels like if they score first, they're going to win the game. Yeah, it's they're really hard to stop offensively, especially when they have the lead and they can run. And um, I saw one, one of the crazy stats was I think um, Cook has punted the ball twice in the last two weeks. That's crazy. Yeah, I want to. I really want them to send Cook to the to the podium one of these weeks, or, yeah. or let him go out and do the. Uh, 
coin toss or something because he is not getting he's, used. He's, he's not getting he's he's not uh, getting his paycheck. He's not he's not getting his work in. Right, but it's weird because we know he's the best punter. We just don't need him. It's weird. I know. It's like uh, like he's not going to be a Pro Bowl kicker this year, right. only because he's going to have like the fewest opportunities in all the NFL yep. of punting. Right, right. Uh, any concern about Tucker missing an extra point and then? Hitting the post last week and then missing a field goal this week. I mean, he came back and made a couple though after the yes. miss. Um, and it's also it's weird to see. I don't know. It's weird to see. It's it's weird to see Tucker miss. But I was listening to something today and they were just talking about how like there's some type of like bird flu that's going through the NFL that only affects kickers because we're seeing so many kickers just completely miss and fall apart. And now it's finally catching up with Tucker. It's, it's been a while that we've seen other teams missing all the time. It's true. When everything, like, as things advance, everyone gets better, right? And, and they find ways of perfecting these things. And everyone gets better at everything. But for some reason, kicking is really down this year. It seems like, yeah, all teams are having problems. I mean, especially we can complain shots. about Justin Tucker. Any team in the NFL would kill to have Justin Tucker. We've seen, right, Tucker missed uh, extra point. Doinked the ball that I think went in and then missed the field goal. But the Ravens won all those games. No question. Never was close. Yeah. We've got kickers every week. There's a team that loses a game because their kicker misses an important kick near the end of the game. Yeah. And misses like 40 yarders. Like, like yes. they're not even talking about 60 yarders. Um, I was, I was the only part of the game that really annoyed me was the, the fake field goal. I didn't like that play at all. I don't understand the call. When you have, I love MVP going for the league. Uh, yeah, I yeah. love going for it on fourth down, but with Lamar on the sideline, just keeping Lamar's hands if you're gonna go for it. Yeah, right. You don't. If this, if this was uh, Trent Dilfer, do the trickery. But this is yeah. Lamar Jackson. Don't right, do it. Right, it's not Joe Flacco. Well, I, I see. I didn't go there with you, Josh. I went to Trent Dilfer. I, I was helping. I was helping you out. No, see, you really the hate that you have now for Joe Flacco and how you totally have left Joe Flacco in the garbage to embrace Lamar Jackson is ugly. And I feel bad for for Joe Flacco, and I feel bad the way that you've just trashed our I, Super Bowl MVP quarterback. All right, all right. I do feel you bad. Just that, I do. So in love with Lamar Jackson that you even forget about Joe Flacco. I do feel bad that Joe Flacco is now hurt, so he's not even playing. So all he's doing is sitting at home and watching Lamar Jackson on TV, and watching uh, everybody like you talk about, oh, how the Ravens never had a quarterback right. so good as as Lamar right. Jackson. Meanwhile, he's sitting there with a the Super Bowl ring, Super Bowl MVP, saying. Hey, wait a minute. Right. right. You think he sent Ray Lewis a text message? What's up? Yeah, you got to play with me, punk. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Won you Super Bowl. All right. That's good Ravens talk. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's fun to uh, – it's always fun to talk Ravens now that they're winning. Yeah. Tell you what. Yeah. It's a fun uh, time to be a Ravens fan. Yeah. We talk about how this show does even better when uh, the Orioles are winning. But uh, – Film studies blowing up because of the Ravens and the way the Ravens play. We've oh, got people now sure. call. We've got like big name people now asking to come on and be guests on uh, film study. Oh really? Yeah. What's his name? I, Josh Charles, I think, is going to be on in a couple weeks by his okay. request because he wants to come on and talk Ravens. Yeah, he's the so. nephew of Stan Charles. That's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, that podcast is going really well. So everyone should check that out if they want some real uh, deep Ravens talk. Yeah. All right, let's get some Orioles talk though. That's you won't find your Orioles talk on film study. I tell you uh, that much. Nope, nope. Uh, you know what else you won't find on on film study? What's that? Colin Colin Kaepernick. 
<laughs> did you did you look at any? What do you think of how he just kind of bailed on his on his showcase and went and set up his own? That, like, uh, do you think the NFL was wrong, or do you think Kaepernick, like Kaepernick, did up and 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 turned it into a big deal, that big thing just for attention? I don't. What what year is it? What what year is it? What? How is Calvin Kaepernick still a news story? I I tell you what. Um, and I'm serious about this with Colin Kaepernick. If I'm watching TV and it talks about Colin Kaepernick, I turn it off. I go to a different channel. If I if I'm on the radio, like I'll go to a different station. If it's on Twitter, I scroll past it. So I don't even. Don't I literally care. don't know what you're talking about. I know there was a thing on all Saturday, right. but I don't care at all about gotcha. Colin Kaepernick. Right, I care talk- about Lamar Jackson. That's who I care about. Right. I don't care about Colin Kaepernick. Then let's talk Orioles. All right. Where do you want to start with the Orioles? You want to start with the email I got today? You want to start sure, with... Uh, start with uh, Josh gets an email. I got a nice email from Mike Elias. It says, Dear Josh Soroka. And basically you goes Mike on... Mike Elias sent this email? <laughs> no, it's the biggest forum email. Talking about how he had a great first year. And thanks for everyone embracing him and loving him. And we still got work to do. But now's the time for you guys to get on board and renew your Birdland memberships for 2020. And yeah. uh, big news, when you restore your membership, members uh, no longer get printable tickets. If you are the 13-game plan, you must use digital tickets. Though I think there's an option to pay $22 to have your ticket printed. So, nickel and diamond Orioles. So I can't frame my World Series tickets anymore? Apparently not. I think uh, I, I was just going to Orioles.com. Yeah. They got a, they got a real uh, – they the, the under the headline of the picture says uh, about, like, the Rule 5 draft. Uh, and, who you're going to protect. Yeah, and it says, like, upcoming – always face decisions with upcoming Rule 5 draft. Yeah. But they got Mike Elias looking like a freaking doofus in the picture. He's like, he like, he's looking like, oh, like he has no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah. He's having you're the right, worst right. picture ever. He's got his mouth open. His eyes are like to the side. Eyes to the side. Yeah, it is. That is the worst picture of Mike Elias I've ever seen. And it's like someone who has like no idea what's going on. Yeah. As, underneath it it's says, not a... decisions. <laughs> Yeah, it's not a that's my GM picture. No, that's a pick where you like you make fun of someone as being clueless. You use hey, that picture. Can we put that one on a t shirt? There's all these Elias shirts. I know you're against Mike Elias shirts. Can I put that one on a on a shirt? Will you wear yeah. that? And put his uh record as GM underneath. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, go 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 ahead and make that our uh, our show pick for today. All right, that'll be our show pick. Um but Mike Elias has had. Let's talk about it for a minute. I think what's can be called, and Josh, maybe you don't agree with this, but I think it's been a train wreck. And there's been three strikes. Let's go. I'm I'm all for your train wreck. I do think there's been some bad things. So let's see let's see where you're at. Three strikes. What what was strike for number one, Josh? Uh I mean the fact that that they had no pitching this season? Or are you talking about just the off season? I'm talking just the off season, not even including like players and actually playing baseball. Just outside of like the players. All right. All right. Strike number one yeah. has to be the Astros cheating. Okay, that's strike number two, actually. Uh, um, and it seems like the more we hear about the Astros cheating, the more it was like everyone knew about it and everyone did was you, involved. Did you did you see the video that's going around 
where it's a of, clip from the uh, World Series championship. Of the guy taking the TV down? No, no, no. I didn't oh. see that one. All right. This is a clip from the uh, World Series champion Astros DVD, you know, that they sold after they won. And it shows one of the Astro players running down the steps of like next to the dugout and going like into the locker room cheering. Yes. And he yeah. runs past he runs past this table. And on this table is a laptop. It's not a laptop. But our or, or TV. Some wires coming down to it. And then a big trash can that's the type that if you hit it makes a really loud noise and, right next to the stairs to go and, up. And sunflower seeds everywhere. Like someone was sitting there for a while chewing yeah. sunflower seeds. Yeah, like someone sat there the whole game with his eyes on that screen and his hand on that trash can. I actually zoomed in because I was really into this. And I think it was like a notebook and not a, a laptop or a TV. But there's another still shot. No, no, it was, a, it was a laptop. It wasn't. It, but there's another still shot of that hallway. Like yeah. that earlier in the game. And there's a TV, a big TV mounted on the wall that a guy is taking down. So there's so much about it. And then there was and, the and email like, release and uh, from. No, right. Yeah, and there's no ahead. door or anything to the dugout. Like you no, can clearly it, like say anything there, make any noise there and everyone hears it. But but did you see if you look closely, they draped um, towels. Yeah. So like you couldn't see right in. Right. But the, the sound will still go right out and right to like home. Towel does not block sound. Yes. Right. It's yeah, it's more and more lining up like everybody knew. And so if that's the case, though, yeah, you're right. Every player walked by there. So all the players knew it started with some uh, assistant GM, not Michael Elias, but one of the assistants sending an email uh, talking about the possibility of of spying on the dugout. Michael Elias knew this was happening. 100 percent. Right. Right. Yeah. 100 percent. Michael Elias knew this was happening. Yeah. I think it's hard to imagine and I don't even know if it helped them win or not, but it was still cheating. Yeah. Um, and people claim that the reason they were able to crush Clayton Kershaw, one of the best pitchers in baseball, was because of it. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where everyone agrees that the Astros are good without cheating, but now there's never any way to tell how much of the, how much of, how much of the cheating helped them to win. Here's the quote from Elias about all this. They asked him about it. He said, quote, the fact that there's apparently an investigation ongoing prohibits me from making any type of public comment about it. I was almost exclusively focused on the amateur scouting and the minor leagues. So he says two things there. He says, I cannot comment it. I can't, I cannot, I cannot make a, pub, a public comment, but his next sentence is I was almost exclusively focused on the amateur scouting, and the minor leagues. Right, right. So he's saying, I can't make a comment, but I wasn't excuse. Yeah. I have my excuse. I was not involved with the major team. I was somewhere scouting something. Uh-huh. Right, right. Which I don't know. I'm not convinced. No, it sounds like a like a. Uh, yeah, it sounds like when you you sneak out the house and you have a friend cover for you. I was over here. Just if anything, yeah. my mom calls. I'm at your house. Yeah. Um, there's gonna be some penalties levied out at the Astros. Yeah. How big do you think they're gonna make these penalties? Josh, I think they're gonna be. Are they gonna make? Do you think they're going to try to make a huge example? Yes. I think years ago, couple, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, um, Sean Payton and his defense coordinator were suspended for a year. Yeah. I think we could be seeing, not people banned, but I think we, should, we could be seeing long-term, year or longer suspensions for a lot of people. For, Definitely for... A.J. Hinch, Jeff Lunau, 
and I think possibly any players who were like actively involved in it. Think Michael Elias gets mixed up in that? And that's what I'm concerned. I don't know. What if was, what was Michael Elias's title in 2017 for the Astros? Oh, well, we can look that up. I, I see. I would assume it was assistant GM or assistant to the GM. Yeah, but, see, but that's a, that's a pretty high title. That sounds like you should be mixed up in the same stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he wasn't. He says I was focused on amateur scout in minor leagues. He wasn't a scout. He wasn't like a minor league scout. Like he had a higher title than just a scout. But right. But you you but you can go and look at whatever that was. But I I mean, this is it's not good. It's not good for baseball that this is what we're talking about in the off season. It's not good for the Astros who. Um, it just looked like that, that front off, whole front office, that whole team's a mess with the cheating. And you can right, say other- he was yeah. in 2016, so the year before, he was given the promotion to uh, – they promoted Elias to assistant general manager. Right. And he was given oversight of player development and minor league operation. Okay. So he's got that – in his Wikipedia that he was in charge of minor league development, but still he's got the assistant GM title. That's pretty high title. Like he's if the GM gets in trouble. The assistant GM probably knew what was going on too. I mean, think about it. If he's really smart, really respected and they have this idea and Lunau doesn't share the ideas with his people, with his right. trusted advisors. Um, or Michael Elias doesn't walk past that desk and say, what's all this about? Yeah. Yeah. So it's ugly. I don't like that Michael Elias is involved with it. It makes me um, nervous. I hope Michael Elias is innocent. A, I hope he's innocent. If he's not innocent, then B, I hope somehow he avoids all the mess, all the collateral damage that's going to come when baseball um, uh, slams down the hammer. But I think it could be a while. I think it could be a while for all this stuff to straighten out. Meanwhile, you know, there's people on Twitter looking back at every video and, and getting all this evidence. So that's good stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's amazing how like easy it is to find the, this now, now that we know what we're looking for. Yep. And that we have everything on video, right? Yep. Um, so that's strike number two. How, I yeah. guess we talked about, did we talk, cover this last week about like how big of a deal do you think it really is? with sign stealing. I, did we talk about that last week? May, uh, maybe briefly. Do, uh, are you are you not under, under the impression that this is a big deal? I mean, I think the fact I think the fact that they were using technology. Yeah, we talked about this. It's the problem is that they you were using technology when the rules specifically ban using cameras and technology. Yeah. Do you, do you think this is a bigger deal than Spygate? Yes. When when the Patriots were, <laughs> were had guys up in a lift spying that, wasn't on that practice. Like in like a week, wasn't that like in like a week one game or something? It was. I don't know, but it was a practice. They were spying on. Yeah, it was a practice. practice. It wasn't this is like in game. Right. Right. I mean, this is up there with Deflate Gate. Yeah, maybe so. All right, that's good. So that Deflate Gate is nothing. Right. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think right, but that was it, strike number two. Yeah. So I remind me again what strike number one was because it had to be something earlier in the off season that I have forgotten. Yeah. Well. Good, you know, if you forgot about it already, then Michael Elias is winning. Okay, just <laughs> Michael Elias is winning for for for. You know what? Lamar but, Jackson is Michael Elias's like favorite person in the world. It's true. No one's focused on the Orioles and Michael Elias because of Lamar Jackson. It's true, um, but no, I, I I just was referring to no fan fest. Okay. 
Now, see, I brought up No Fan Fest weeks ago, and you said, ah, no big deal. Well, no, I said, I said, you didn't believe the report. You thought it was was, fake news. It was hidden at the end of a mass of a rock story. And I thought if this is actual story, it would be big news. But of course, all oil reporters buried this story because I don't know why. Right. It was probably a Friday article, real small. Yeah. No, definitely. When you're trying to attract fans, yeah, that's a strike against fans when, like, those are the people you need, especially in these losing years. Yeah. So that was strike number one, no fan fest. Strike number two was them, was was the the the, the cheating, the the scandal happening right now in Houston. And strike number three is what came out, um, what has been leaked from the GM reports. And apparently, um, let me get this right. I just found the photo of the guy ripping the TV down. That's yeah, hilarious. You see that? That's yeah, hilarious. See that? Yes. Yeah. Um, so strike number three is the baseball is talking about getting rid of minor league teams yes. and, and the New York times made a list of all the teams that could be removed yeah, and so all the New- there is, is the Frederick keys as far as who, who, yeah, they're planning to get rid of 42 minor league teams. Now I hope that part of this is, I mean, clearly it's to save money, but I hope that part of this is to pay other minor league players more. Yeah. And that's, Part of this, from what I've read, is they want to update the facilities and the amenities for right. the minor league. Make team. minor leagues better. But because of that, they're going to uh, remove things. And for the Orioles, the talk is to remove the Frederick Keys. Right. I don't know I don't know how that's the team that got s- selected. Because I feel like in all my visits to like the different minor league teams, I feel like the Keys always did a good job with the community. Yeah, and they're um, number two in their league. For ticket sales, so one of the top ticket sales in all the minor leagues. Um, number Is it two, that they're just getting rid of that league. No, the, well, they're not even getting rid of that league. Like the league they're getting rid of is is like short season ball. So they're getting rid of the Aberdeen Ironbirds league, Le- but the plan is to move the Aberdeen Ironbirds to a uh, a year long affiliate and get rid of the Frederick Keys. I have no idea why they chose the Frederick Keys. Right. But this is going to outrage a lot of people because because they're talking about getting rid of like not like a bunch of minor league teams, which affects that whole, like they invest a lot of money into the stadiums, right. Into the yeah. community, like yep. States paid for that counties paid for those, those stadiums that will now, I guess, just not be in use. I think it's a, a real shame. And like, and then, and like, if you're, if you're baseball, like this year, I went to, I went to the most minor league games of my life because I had a son who I wanted to go to these games with and just easier to take him there and affordable to get walk around and more affordable than an Orioles um, game. And if you're trying to attract baseball to younger fans, hello, go to minor league game. It's all younger fans. But yeah, it's true. But why is Michael Elias to be blamed? This is from the daily news. I'm just going to read this excerpt. The writer says, I'm told that when Manfred presented this plan, the plan to get rid of minor league teams, to the owners a few months ago, the vote was a unanimous 30 to 0 to move forward. It was Loonhow, uh, the godfather of analytics, and the Astros who first conceived of it. And they were quickly joined by the Brewers and the Orioles, whose GMs, David Stearns and Michael Elias, both worked under Loonhow with, with the Astros. The rest of the teams apparently just said okay without any discussion of the ramifications of such a drastic attack on the minor leagues 
and all the communities across the country. So apparently, Jeff Lunau has a couple of yes men in Mike Elias to go ahead and and just go with his plans. Another way that the a- analytics are destroying baseball by destroying baseball in your community. Thank you, Mike Elias. Yeah, I don't know how much of this. I don't know how you handle this because we've already had this epidemic in baseball where, like, it takes a guy like four years to get ready for Major League Baseball from the time they're drafted. So if you're getting rid of some minor league teams, what is, does that speed up? The, and does that make the product in the majors worse? Like, we're not going to get to the point of the NFL where you go straight from college to the pro level. But how does this work for player development? I think what Jeff Luna would argue is he's wasting money on players that would never make it to the majors, right? Like how many players are out there that you just have to fill a roster okay. and you really sure. know they have no chance to make make the Orioles? Now that maybe makes sense. All right. one out of every hundred will somehow like improve and, and be there. But That's true. If you get rid of 42 yeah. teams, let's say 25 people on each of those teams, it's probably a little bit more. That's a good amount of players. So I, that would go down to like, you don't want to expand the NFL or Major League Baseball to more teams because then you dilute the talent pool. So by scaling back, you get better players among every level of minor league baseball. Yeah, and there's some other stuff in this proposal. Like they want to move the draft back to August instead of June. So people can finish their college ball. Is that the thought process? Um. Yeah, I guess so. And, and I guess so you, you're not playing them that season. They'll start right in at the next season. Because it also said that in August, you would do what the Astros do and just bring them all to the, to the spring training facility and introduce them to sabermetrics <laughs> and oh, how all the sabermetrics work. I thought you would bring them there and, and teach them how many trash can hits for a ball, how many for a strike. Yeah, I bet that goes, goes on as well. And I guess they talked about limiting the number of um, players on each team. Because I guess apparently now you can have any number of minor leaguers in your minor league system. So I, I Whatever you want to pay for. I, yeah, from what I read, like the, uh, the Yankees have 200, where a lot of other teams only have 130. And so I guess if, you're in a, if, you're, if you have money, it's just another way where you can use yeah. your money – that sounds wrong. Yeah, yes. that sounds like that so, should be set in a limit. Yeah. So if you if you made it just if you got rid of an affiliate, another thing they're proposing is just have 140 for the max for all teams, so you don't have the stuff. But it was weird because all this stuff did not come out publicly; it was leaked from the GM meetings. So right. like Frederick doesn't know if this is happening or not, which is weird because like it could be happening this season. What? Well, no, it's not happening this season because their not, contract okay. goes through 2020. Oh, so this is all for this after is this all, season. This is all negotiations and conversations happening about after the 2020 minor league contracts. Okay, which would be the end of next year. Yeah, end of next year. Um, we, let's get Adam Pohl on in the next couple of weeks to talk about this. Yeah, no one knows great. the minor leagues like him. Yeah, and we have a lot of connections with, my, with minor, minor league peeps. And yeah. like, it's just, it employs a lot of people. It does a lot of work for the community. I mean, it's been around, I don't know when it first started in Frederick, but I feel like it's been there for a long time. And just, yeah. it's hard to think of Frederick without thinking about the Frederick Keys. So it's... Yeah, it's and just, Jeff, Jeff over story. at the Keys has been great for us. Yeah. 
We've gone and done their softball games a few years and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, uh, we love the Keys. Yeah, I got a Dylan Bundy Dundee there last season. <laughs> it's sitting right here on my desk. Yeah. Got it right here. It's the only bobblehead that is not in a box in my garage. Nice. I got mine sitting at my desk at school. All right, some other Orioles notes. All right, so three strikes for Mike Elias yeah. are uh, no fan fest. The the fact that he was in the cheating, Astros yeah. cheating, uh, and the keys disappearing. Yes. All right, He's the Orioles single-handedly destroying the Orioles. All right, he did make one positive announcement this past week. I agree. For the Orioles, where they announced that during the school year, so up till Memorial Day and then after Labor Day, the night weekday games, weekday night games, will now start at six thirty-five instead of seven. So I like this. You you like this? Yeah, for a guy who gets up whose alarm is set for 4:30 a.m., I'm loving a little uh, 6:30. It'd be done by you know 9:30. Cause then you always got to think about too. I can stay up till 10 to watch the games at home, but going to a game, forget about my son. Take my son, just me going to a game, and staying till 10, and then you know you're talking about over an hour to get home, so you don't get right. home and in bed till like 11:30. It's just it's it's a bit much. Yeah, so I love I, it. I love the six thirty start time. I could see people complaining about having to drive in rush hour to get to the game. But the Camden Yards is so easy to get in and out of the city right there. Yeah. That I don't see that being a big deal. I love the six thirty start. It'll be an adjustment thing to get used to, but I love it. Yeah. I do too. The only time I ever had trouble getting to a game and parking was when I worked at Salisbury when we were in the playoffs and getting through yes. Finding parking during the playoffs and getting there, you know, right around seven because driving from Salisbury. That was the only time. But I'm right, not well, Salisbury anymore, so I'll, I'll take the 6:30 start. And we're not yeah, in the playoffs uh, anymore either. Yeah, right. Playoffs, you'll sit in whatever traffic you need to. You'll stay as late as you need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Don't care about playoffs. Yeah. Um, for regular season. Yeah. Give me 6:30 start times. Yep, yeah, I'm there, right there with you. Uh, other news I had marked down for the Orioles is the Hall of Fame ballots came out. Brian Roberts is on the Hall of Fame ballot. Any chance he gets the nod? No, and I saw people crushing him for being on the ballot. Like, who cares? Right. Being on the ballot just is a cute little honor that says you were a player in, for a while in baseball. Like, it means nothing. Right. It um, means you played a long, a long time. Yeah, and, and you were a respected player. He yeah. has zero chance to make in the Hall of Fame. Um, right. Though some would argue Harold Baines had zero chance to make the Hall of Fame. But, but no, he has no chance to make a Hall of Fame, but it's cool that he's on the list. Sure. I agree. Anything it's, else you got, you got to? The- <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if we can talk about the Hall of Fame ballot and who should get down there. I mean, there's a couple former Orioles, like Sammy Sosa, if you want to uh, call him a former Oriole. Is this the um, year Jeter's on or is Jeter on next year? No, he, he's on this year. All right. Uh, so he should be a unanimous vote. Yeah. And we'll see if the sta- – I mean, the, the big story is always the, the steroid guys. Does Barry Bonds, you know, make any moves? Right. Clemens is still on guys. there. Yeah, yeah. So does that group of pitchers and hitters get any closer? will be interesting to watch. Yeah, and Walker, get- Schillen, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Jeff Kent, and Sammy Sosa are still yeah. on there. Yeah. yeah. So, But another Yankee gets in, fun. All right. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I wonder what cap Jeter will choose. Will he choose the Miami cap now or the Yankee cap? 
<sighs> Once you're a Yankee, you're always a Yankee, right? Yeah, I'm just kidding. I know. Uh, Josh, you want to touch on Trumbo as the pitcher? Uh, no. I mean, it's Trumbo who's just trying to expand ways uh, to stay in baseball. And I guess he was originally a pitcher and then, you know, moved to a position player to get better at bats and all. And now he's saying, well, maybe I can go back to pitching to stick around in baseball. So I don't know. I, I always find it interesting how it's hard for these guys to walk away. Yeah. Like you made millions and millions of dollars. You should be able to just walk away and live your life. Yeah. Um, but it's hard for these guys to walk away. So, hey, if you're going to try to change the pitcher, why not? I'll watch. I'll check you out. Yeah, it's true. I, I'm at the age and where I feel like if you gave me a million dollars, I don't know. Like, I could be doing anything, and you give me a million dollars, and I'll walk away from it, even if I was doing, like, the thing I loved. Give me a million dollars, I'll walk away. Yeah. Um, maybe I've never I, had a, I don't know if I've ever had a job like that where I've loved it, and I just couldn't imagine walking away for uh, after making money with it. Like, I would love to leave my job right now, and I've always felt like that. So, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Mandy and I were talking about this yesterday. Uh, cause I was thinking of, we were, I think we were watching the football game uh, and I was just thinking about our friend Dominic Foxworth who yeah. did that. He made a bunch of money, then walked away from football Yeah, and did, went on and did even greater things for his career. But I, but like, I feel like I told Mandy, I was like, I feel like, give me, let me go to a job, make $2 million dollars. I feel like just live the same lifestyle I'm living, make $2 million, put part of it in the bank, then I'll come home and do my do whatever. Yeah. And it doesn't work that way, apparently. I guess yeah, once it, you make that money, you then spend that money in different ways. Yeah. And, like, every now and then you'll hear about the athlete who goes and, and is still driving his Corolla from high school or whatever. Yeah. Or... Or Bradley Bozeman, who's living in a fifth wheeler yeah. instead of a big mansion. You'll hear that every now and then. And those are the guys that I feel like more and more I respect because money didn't change him. Yeah. Well, it goes one of those things where, like, if I have a $1,500 mortgage, someone who's making three times as me, right, might have a three times as much of a, of a mortgage. Right. Right. Like, and, did you really need a house that big? Right. But it just like you start making that money, you yeah. just naturally spend more money on a house, on a right. mortgage. But it's like everybody. Like, it's it's weird. Guess, you're, you're right. It's weird. Yeah, I guess it's that whole like money doesn't buy happiness type thing. Yeah. But we all keep trying. Yeah. And I mean, there's that. And there's like, I think players, sometimes players play not for the money. Right. They totally. play because they love the game. And there's also a fear of what do I do after this? Especially for sports people, sports players, where it's like, since I was like 12 years old, my goal was to be a major league baseball player or NFL player. Yeah. So I devoted all my time to playing sports. I devoted all my time to baseball and baseball camps and this and that. I went to college to play, not to learn and do whatever. I went to college to play this sport. And that's where, like, and like Alabama with Tua getting hurt this week. Yeah. And that's where it's like, it was an ugly injury. And that's where you feel for him because his entire life, he is focused on football. So when you see something like that 
possibly be taken away. Now, hopefully he'll come back from surgery and be fine and be successful in the NFL. But it is something about like just addressing that, like it's gotta be depressing to think about life after something like that too. Yeah, I suppose I just, I can't like now with married and having kids, like I can't imagine and may, I would have felt differently, I guess when I was 25, but now at 35, like, let me get in the NFL, get some money and get the heck out. Right. Yeah. Cause people yeah. get hurt so much um, right. that it doesn't seem like there's more important things like a family and stuff than, than, than playing that game when you have, you know, you, what's the difference between $5 million and $15 million, right? Like yeah. at some point you got the money, you have your health get out. It, I'm really surprised actually that more players don't retire after they sign kind of one contract. Right. Right. Especially the ones with families. Yeah. Like I can see if you're single, whatever, but I think things changes. Like when you hit 30 and you start getting a family. Yeah. But I think, yeah, it's, it's strange. And it's something that I don't think we will ever really be able to understand. Yeah. And these tier Tom Brady wants to play till he's 50, right? <laughs> His trainer came out and said, he's going to play till he's 45 or 47, something like that. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's playing the worst football we've ever seen him play. And their team only has one loss, so not bad. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. You can uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can tweet at, at Brody and ask him why he wasn't on the show tonight. Yeah. Yeah, let us know. Let us know why he's not on. Yeah, is it a strawberry reason or a coconut reason? Right. Uh, he... He should be back next week. Yeah. I guess we'll we'll probably adjust schedules next week a little bit since the Ravens play on Monday night. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we probably won't do it Monday night. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of sucks to talk about the Ravens right before a game. We got to wait till afterwards. Yeah. Unless yeah. we unless we go full baseball. Yeah. Or we did a midnight showing after the football game. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun with your four thirty alarm. Yeah, I just might stay up. That's the worst is Monday night games because then you get all amped after the Ravens blow out the Rams. Then we all amped. Then you can't go to sleep because you're too pumped up thinking about Lamar Jackson running by people. That's, that's what Kim McCusick does on these night games. He just doesn't sleep because he goes and analyzes all the film all night. Yeah. That guy's crazy. All right, boys and girls. Uh, thanks for listening to another successful episode of Section 336. You can follow me on Twitter at Section 336. You can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Soroka. And also check out at Birdland Sports and BirdlandSports.com. Starting to work with some other shows that we'll be bringing those guys through 336 soon, too, as well. Oh, yeah. I just followed one of those new shows on Twitter. Yeah. Some new exciting shows coming up in Birdland. All right, boys and girls. Thanks for listening. And as always, go Ravens. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches. Hey, guys. Have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app. And then it makes sure it goes out to iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. 
It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. From behind home plate, your Orioles talk. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. 